Hey folks, Chris Compendio here, and might I say, while I very much appreciate that my colleagues can do an episode without me, you know, I get a nice little break from all that, uh, it's really hard for me to kind of stay away from the Captain America episode. So I'm going to just kind of do a mini rant about the, not so much this entire MCU character arc, but more so about the Captain America trilogy, because you see even though Civil War is very much like Avengers Civil War in a way, it's still very much a Captain America movie. So basically, all three of these movies, the first Avenger, the Winter Soldier, and Civil War, there's a through line between all of them. And it's not just because Marcus and McFeely wrote all three of them. They all focus on the trinity of Steve, Bucky, and Peggy, uh, and basically all of the effects that Bucky and Peggy had on Steve's life. So it's pretty self-explanatory for the first Avenger. Obviously, Bucky is his best friend. Peggy is his love interest. Um, then you kind of skip ahead in time with the Winter Soldier. Bucky is, of course, the Winter Soldier. So um, there's this sort of... If you, if you watch our one AP Marvelous scene video, you kind of uh, hear me talk about how the past is kind of corrupted in a way for Steve. So you have Bucky and Peggy uh, both back, but in a very different uh, state. So Peggy has some form of dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, Bucky is literally a brainwashed assassin. Uh, obviously two very different things, but it, uh, it it very much shows you the effect that both of these people have on Steve as he's trying to cope with the morals of the modern world. And of course, by the end of that movie, he kind of goes back to those morals uh, of the, the olden times, let's say, uh, from when Bucky and Peggy were present. Uh, Civil War, of course, is... Th the whole movie is Steve trying to save Bucky. Uh, Bucky is Bucky has come to in a way. He still has the programming in him, but uh, he's more self-aware. He he knows who he was as a person, and uh, Peggy Carter passes away during Civil War, and even still, even though uh, Haley Atwell's not physically in Civil War, that funeral scene was essential. Uh, they used the Brian Michael Bendis. Um, quote that uh, Cap gave to Spidey in the original Civil War comic, and they gave that to Peggy Carter. And of course, Sharon Carter reads that out loud at the funeral, and it's that it's that whole speech of, um, uh, you know, when everyone's against you, it's your duty to plant yourself like a tree and say, no, you move. And that forms basically the entire theme of Civil War. Um, the entire trilogy is about Steve Rogers basically saying F you to authority. Uh, the, the first Avenger had um, Steve saying, Steve disobeying Tommy Lee Jones and going to that prison camp and saving Bucky and all of those other people who would eventually become the Howling Commandos. Um, the Winter Soldier is Steve Rogers doing the same to S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually HYDRA. Um, Sam, sorry, not Sam Jackson. Nick Fury goes, looks like you're the one giving the orders now, Cap. And uh, Steve 
takes down shields, which is a, a pretty big deal. You know, he he defies authority. He it's a big and bold move, but it's the right thing. Civil War is really cool because it challenges that. Uh, it, it's it's going with that same stubbornness, that same uh, moral righteousness that Steve Rogers has, and kind of puts into question because. You know, this time it's not only, it's, you know, it's not S.H.I.E.L.D., it's on HYDRA, it's the United Nation, the United Nations and the Avengers, like, as a group. So, yes, Steve is still sticking to his morals, but what if he's actually wrong this time? Could he go too far? And, of course, um, Tony Stark is kind of, like, meant to be, like, be that figure to ask that dramatic question, you know, um, when he when he confronts him at the airport, he says, you're going to come with us now because it's us, you know, like, surely Steve Rogers would not risk the fabric of the Avengers because of his own arguably selfish <laughs> um, thoughts and desires and whatnot. So there you have it. I mean, that is a pretty coherent uh, three-film arc received Rogers. You know, I, I'm sure the guys are going to talk about uh, his arcs in the Avengers movies, especially the Marcus McFeely-written ones, and I look forward to hearing what they have to say. So, yeah. Uh, is he in company? Like, you use this audio however you want to. <laughs> um, and I'll just end by saying... Uh, just because it's a 4th of July episode does not mean we condone all of the truly awful things that the United States of America has done. America kind of sucks. Anywho, vote wisely next year. <laughs> Goodbye. Everybody and welcome back to AP Marvel. You just heard an amazing intro by our fearless leader, Chris Compendio, give their opinions on uh, how Cap has evolved over the course of the past few movies and his appearances in the MCU. So our episode today, as Chris has so lovely led us in, will be talking about all of Cap's turns and all of his development that he has had across all of his appearances in all of the movies in Marvel's cinematic universe. Today's episode <laughs> is led by moi, Sabrina. Hey, it's me. Today I'm also joined with Anthony. Hey, how's it going, y'all? How you doing? And also the lovely Layla is back. Whoops, I'm laughing. So, everybody, we're here again, here to talk about my personal favorite, the Captain America, played by my personal favorite, the Chris Evans. Should we take a moment to say, let's, let, do we remember when they announced who was going to be playing Cap? And if so, where were you? What were you thinking? How'd you feel? Sound off. I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. I've got, I got nothing. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, I think they 12? announced it when I was like nine, so I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't remember. I I I saw First Avenger on like TV, <laughs> like like on one of those like three hundred channels where they just show like movies every day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of like a a movie that just kind of passed me by. I feel like most people didn't care as much because Captain America wasn't as big as a character. Mm-hmm. Like as a, even with like the Avengers being more of a B team, like he wasn't like like he had a couple of like failed movies, but it wasn't even to like the degree of like the Thor casting, which was a big deal. He was like, oh, just this guy. Yeah, I think um, the, I I think I remember. I think I remember he learning that he was cast and being like, oh, was it the guy who, who played, um, who, uh, you know, Flame On? He's that guy? <laughs> and my brother was like, yeah, that's him. And I was like, cool, yeah, superhero. That sounds cool. But they announced him back in 2010, which is, you know, typical. And then they announced the first Avenger, which uh, came out in 2011. So... There goes what we in the biz call a segue. Let's go ahead and start talking about his first introduction. His first introduction? His introduction into the MCU in The First Avenger. How was Cap, friends, how was Cap in that movie? And let's talk about his progression through that film and where he ends up and where we felt like he was going to go or where he needed to go. Someone Anthony? else. Uh, I, I, you got it. I'm gonna. I'm got this. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was. I you thought know, we're doing. He's, you know, he's he was like, you know, he's got the trash can. He's like, oh, 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 yeah. I can do this all day. Uh, blah blah blah, type of thing. Uh, yeah. You know, he's he's Captain America. He's he's the goody two shoes. But yeah, uh, sorry, uh, you know, First Avenger, it's, you know, it's very boilerplate, you know, superhero sacrifice type of thing. Uh, I never really, I don't remember, really remember it as much as I probably should. But um, yeah, it's very, I would say, basic in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, not saying that it's bad, it's just kind of like, you know, superhero stuff. I personally, it was one of the first-ish Marvel movies I saw. It was when, it used to be on Netflix in like 2013 or something like that. And I remember really liking it. Um, I like the whole period piece element. Um, like the kind of like retro future stuff. Uh, it was like the first I'd really seen or heard of this character. And I thought I think it gave you like a really good feel for like who he was as a person. And a pretty good introduction to a character most major audiences didn't really know very well. Um, I think it has a lot more heart than I think people remember. It's, like, pretty endearing and sweet movie. Um, It's pretty good. It's got, like, one of the better Marvel scores. Um, Yeah, it's a fun one. I do like the score. I think the score is great. I would agree. I listen to it now, and I'm like, oh, I don't think it was... I don't think it was too... Uh, distracting or anything I felt like it gave just enough cheese for me I I personally am like not the biggest fan of the first Avenger but I do love Peggy Carter and I think because I love her and I I'm like more willing to accept the period piece aspect 
I love the technology that they employ in um, creating the skinny version of Cap. Well, at the time, Steve, Skinny Steve. So in making Skinny Steve, they use this really Steve. cool Skinny Steve. <laughs> they use this really cool overlapping technology where they used a like really small French acrobat um, and then put him and then like put Chris Evans face a little slimmed out on top of his body. And at the time that was like the biggest deal in the whole world. And so I still believe that that's one of the coolest things ever, how they were able to film that transformation scene. But I guess to lead us more into the conversation about um, Cap as a person through this movie, one of the most poignant scenes of this film that we especially talk about in the Stuco is um, when Cap has been, uh, I guess, sanctioned to do his little tour around America, around America, uh, do his little tour around Europe and visiting all of these different um, U.S. Army camps and giving a show. And he feels like he draws himself as a, it's a monkey on a unicycle, right? And that serves as a metaphor for how he's feeling and how he, feel he's being, how he feels he's being treated and how he is being treated. He's just kind of being paraded around and not really put to use. And I think that the entire beginning of this movie has been about, had been about him wanting to do more. And when Stanley Tucci's character, when the doctor gives him an opportunity to really do that, like the actual, um, the actual technology to get the things, the power that he believes will be able to give him the opportunity to do better and do more um, like he wants to, and then all of a sudden to be misused. It's really an interesting contrast that um, that I think brings in a little bit more authenticity to Steve Rogers as a character, and I think feeds into that idea that he really does, if he if he's going to be called Captain America, you know, he really should fight for something. That makes sense. I like that. I think, very um, I think one of its greatest skills is probably in uh, how it's able to communicate uh, seeps, like, emotions and feelings like visually, mm-hmm. um, especially in like the opening sequences with like him going around like the hall and seeing people that are way more fit to serve and getting how he feels about America like straight away. And then seeing, and like the acts he does, like when he uh, co- uh, jumps on top of the grenade, and when the way he kind of reacts to the tour and stuff, I think you really understand his mental state and how he changes, and uh, or how his perception of what it means to be a soldier changes throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I don't know. I really, I really have a lot of respect for this movie. Uh, I think it had a really hard job. Um, trying to make this character who, in a lot of ways, seems kind of goofy. Um, it seems, and like if you just say the name, people think it kind of represents like this over idealization of what America is, and actually show it as a more like nuanced and complicated perspective perspective of like what it means to be an American soldier. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. I think that. Um, by the end of this film, when he is forced to sink the, I, is that the is that a Quinjet like an early 
series? No, I think it's just like a. Or it's just like, a plane. Just okay. like a, kind a of like a, uh, one of those black wings. Okay. Well, yeah. it's almost healthcare carrier esque more so than a yeah. Plane. Nah, no, nah, I would say it's more like uh, I don't know. Just I a plane. Know. It's more punk. So it was a big whatever. plane. It had like <laughs> Well, when he decides to sink the vessel. Um, and w- I find that we're not particularly surprised and we can't really be because he's kind of always been a man of sacrifice from the beginning, you know, in that, like Layla, like you mentioned that, uh, scene where he, uh, in the, in the training situation, when he jumps on top of the grenade and he is basically simulating, um, putting himself over everyone else in his, in his squadron um, we're able to see like the the actual physical representation before he even gets uh, the muscles that he's actually willing to put himself out on the line. And I think that that's only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to him and his self-sacrificingness. And of course, the end of the first Avenger leads us into uh, gives us a nice post credit scene. Is it really post credit? Yes. Gives yeah, us a post credit scene. It's not. It's just like no. It, after. it is the it is the after credit scene. It's like basically okay, the opening scene from the yeah cap scene. So we're given that um, that opening scene where Nick Fury comes to town. Well, Cap wakes up and they've put him in a they've put in put him in a room with a baseball game on TV, and he feels like he so it's sort of made to look like a hospital, but not really. And then all of a sudden he breaks out of this room and realizes that he's in 2011 New York City, Times Square. And Nick Fury picks him up and tells him that they need to talk because he's going to be a part of the Avengers Initiative, which now leads us into another segue into Cap in the Avengers. What do we have to say about it, team? Um, I think Cap as a character in Avengers is very... I mean, just like the rest of the characters, very one note. Um, in in the sense that, I mean, one note not being like a bad thing, just being like, I don't see him. I don't see like changes in him as a character. Mm-hmm. Like in the sense of like, wow, I'm now in this world. I just have to deal with that type of thing. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the it of it. Yeah, he doesn't like. I don't. Yeah, that's it. Like, compared to where you kind of get, like, more of a feel of who he is as a character in the first in the first Avenger. I mean, I think in the Avengers, his character is defined by, really, his relationship to Tony Stark. Um, and just the dichotomy between those two and how they represent two different ideas of a hero. Where Cap is kind of, like, the traditional selfless hero and... Tony is kind of like this new wave technological hero that's kind of like the representation of the new times versus the old times, like which will prevail. And it turns out working together is how they prevail. Um, But uh, as a character, he does remain kind of one note. Like he basically just learns like, oh, I have to work with these new people. But he gets over being upset pretty quickly. Um... It's more of just, uh, he's kind of a joke character for a fair amount. It's like, oh, look at him in the new times. He remembers Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he gets more to do than other characters. Um, 
but he doesn't really get to shine. Like, nobody really watching the Avengers really came away with, oh, love Captain America, because he was kind of just there acting like a grandpa most of the time. Right. I think where where he really shines is kind of uh, Winter Soldier. It's kind of like where you get a little bit more of conflict. And the conflict is what, like, internal conflict, not like story conflict. I'm talking, like, that's what really is where the character and where characters do develop. And I think that's, you know, Winter Soldier is the big part of that. I would agree that Cap is pretty one note in The Avengers. I'm not really sure um, if I remember offhand who has the most character growth. Um, but I don't really think that in terms of this is kind of, this was one of the bigger, most epic crossover events in history at the time, you know, bringing all of these characters together and forcing them to work together towards a common goal. And so in order to do that, I think that they, that the writers had to be a little bit, this was Joss Whedon, wasn't it? Had to be a little bit more lenient with, with how many details they could pull together. Uh, of everyone and how robust of characters they could really make everyone and so I kind of got a little irritated with how Cap was very much grandpa-y and we'll talk about this when we get to Age of Ultron because it really just goes out the window uh, my frustration that is and Cap is kind of just you know treated as the grandpa which is fine because he is, but it's really more of a of an internal struggle that he has. It's really the fact that he is struggling to get over the fact that not only did his life basically end when he crashed this unknown vehicle into the ocean, but also the fact that he is now forced to live again as if everything were fine in a brand new world that he doesn't even he can't even begin to understand. And that kind of emotional complexity doesn't really have room to grow in a, in a movie like the Avengers where everyone needs to come together and again, work towards a common goal. It's really hard to push aside those kinds of things when you are struggling to, you know, when you need to get the Tesseract back and, you know, have to find Clint because he's been mind controlled by Loki and, all of these other things that are incredibly important. And so I feel like with that said, Cap, I don't really remember Cap being all that frustrated uh, when working with them in terms of being um, more exasperated by them not understanding that he is so, as Zola says in Winter Soldier, a man out of time, but um, he's still able to try and be a leader. But I think this is also an interesting point where we can go back to Layla's point from the first Avenger where we talk about uh, what it means to be a soldier and Cap is always talking about being in the army and he's always talking about uh, leading a team he's always talking about um, about this being a war essentially and Tony gets very frustrated with that and is very aware of how antiquated that kind of thought those kinds of thoughts are but it's also interesting to see that whole mindset get brought up because in a way, I believe Cap is right. Because when you are putting together different types of people who are good at different things and they need to they need to accomplish something, someone needs to lead them. 
And when Fury is just standing there like, I don't know, y'all got to figure it's like, who's going to lead the team? Um, if anyone has anything interesting to add about how Cap has been built into who he is from the other characters. He, I, he interacts with the Hulk in an interesting way throughout the movie, I feel like. Um, where Hulk kind of proves like that Cap like isn't really equipped for a lot of this stuff in a way where he's kind of he, he's kind of nervous around him but in the end like the way he embraces him it's kind of just it's like the epitome of Cap's kind of like go with the flow nature in the Avengers where he's like oh no stuff is different but then in the end he's like oh I'm just rolling it with it same with Thor where he's like oh this is this is crazy or the whole like I've seen gods and they don't dress like that. Or I know what, there's only one god and he doesn't dress like that kind of thing. Where pretty much every character is just there to reinforce he's out of time. But then he adjusts. And so every character kind of, except for Hawkeye, because he's barely a character in the movie. Uh, it's just kind of like, like with the spying stuff in Fury, like, oh, this, uh, which gets, he gets more into it in Winter Soldier. But even then it's like, oh, this is what spying is now, this is what government is now. And he kind of just has to then adjust and be like, oh, so this is what the world is. And he doesn't he doesn't really get to have, like, the processing and really thinking and reflecting on it like he does in um, Winter Soldier. It's kind of like a teaser of what to, what's to come in a way. Yeah, I definitely would agree that that theme of him being... Um of him being a man out of time is really being built up or at least alluded to in the Avengers. Um, so let's talk about it in the winter soldier. Yeah. Um, so we know that oh. we know that um, there's in the scene where Natasha and Steve go to New Jersey um, to find, find more information about Zola's algorithm. They just before they're ambushed Zola in the computer is giving a nice monologue to help kill time so that they can be dead by the end of it. Um, and is talking about how he is, Steve has spent all of this time fighting for people who might not necessarily fight for him. Sound off about Steve, a man out of time. Yeah. Wow. Do you like my Zola impression? No. Um, I did it just for you. One. There's yeah. questions. So, so it's interesting because it's like, uh, you know, what was it? Jesus. Um, yeah, like you know, we, you know, he's like out of time, you know, physically, and you know, doesn't know anything, blah blah blah. But he's also like the big part of this is morals are also out of time, mm. and there is a. Not a cultural shift, but there is an ideological shift. And that ideological shift, uh, you know, comes face to face with, you know, Cap's moral compass. And he has to deal with, you know, butting heads with that. Mm -hmm. I think that's like, uh, you know, that's an interest. That's the, the, the core part of this movie. And, you know, he makes the decision to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D., the one place that he had, that had, um, 
like uh that he like I wouldn't say family, but he found kind of like this is what he's supposed to do. And he never really what is it? You know, it's that type of sacrifice that you see in, you know, the first Avenger and you see throughout his character. Right. You know, sacrificing the the death of Shield. Uh sacrificing Shield for the greater good. Yeah, I um sort of in the beginning, uh when we were for those of you listening, when we were kind of brainstorming, we were talking about the general progression for Cap over these movies and how he began as a character who was incredibly, incredibly selfish. And so by the end of his character arc over the course of all of these films, he begins to be a little bit more, um, sorry, he has learned to become more selfish over the course of these movies because he, con- he continues to sacrifice himself and Zola in this movie kind of really forces him to say, well, what is it all for? Um, even though, yes, there are, there's the whole collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D., everything that Cap believes in. He's thinking, well, I've come out of the ice and here I am back on um, what I believe is the team that I left. So it must just be exactly how it was when I left it. And then him having to essentially start a whole new routine which I think is really interesting that that whole new routine um, opens the movie with him running around the Washington, the National Mall, um, the on your left scene, <clears throat> which also introduces us to Sam Wilson. Um, but he's forced to start a whole new routine and to really push himself to be a little bit different. And the best way I think that he could have done that was to essentially to to abolish shield essentially to let it all go and just destroy it and i think that um even though in the avengers when in in the first avengers movie when he is kind of struggling to lead that team um and then in this movie when fury gives him the opportunity to actually take the lead and says you know what you know what this is your show now and this is the decision that he makes. Part of me kind of thinks that it's a little bit selfish because it's like, this is what I believe I I believe should be done and would also serve me. But it also has that everlasting cap flavor of being completely selfless and um, trying to start afresh. Cool. Ayla, you have thoughts? I have been ruminating in my head about my thoughts on this movie. Um, because this movie is, like, top-tier Marvel movie. It's very well-made. Um, and I think the core of that is, there is, it speaks to a lot of the fears I think normal people have, and through Captain America's journey, he really becomes a proxy for fears about surveillance and Patriot Act and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of interesting to see someone who's older than us have like a different approach to dealing with this where sometimes he's willing to let like oh this is the way things are now but again due to his moral character he has this firm stand of like this is how it is but it shouldn't be um where he's like I'll and I think the whole Hydra thing kind of gives him a justification for uh 
for his position. But if you think about it, if the Hydra reveal wasn't there, he probably still would have taken down S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, with the whole Fury scene in the beginning and the way where he's like, we're going to stop crime before it happens. Like, he still is objecting to basically the purpose of surveillance and stuff. Um, so the fact that he his moral statue is justified in this way, it kind of empowers him for really his entire arc, this idea that his perspective allows him to see things in another way where um, the kind of the war atmosphere in the 1940s was like, we got to stop the threat um, because it's going to kill us all. And it, the evolution to being, we got to stop it before it happens. That's where his morals really get to shine as a character. Um, and he gets to have both the dichotomy of dealing with morals on the greater existential threat and with the personal threat with the, the return of Bucky as the Winter Soldier where he has to kind of, it's he's basically getting to face the same problem in two different ways. Like what happens when something you used to believe in returns in a form that you really don't recognize? Like do you put faith in it? Do you try to rebuild it or do you tear it down? And he ends up having two different decisions for basically the same threat, which is for Bucky, he's like, I'm going to, believe that there's still some good in there. Meanwhile, for S.H.I.E.L.D., he's, like, it's infested beyond repair. Um, which kind of shows a split in how he addresses situations. It's also, well, well, I think it also is interesting how he addresses systems. He mm -hmm. sees individuals as more, as a more, you know, fallible, but can be corrected, whereas systems must be destroyed. Which is something that we'll get to in Civil War. Yeah, because I think I think people tend to think of Cap in sometimes the way he's portrayed in the movies as a bit of an absolutist, like my way or the highway. But he in this movie you really do see that he kinda addresses each situation differently, but he just mm -hmm. takes such a firm stand so quickly. Um, that it's not necessarily an absolute, it's just like figure out what you believe in standing by it. Yeah, I I 100% agree with 100% of the things that you just said, including the fact this one that this movie is one of my favorites. I think that it has really just you know what? I I really love it and then while you were talking about that, I was also talking about how I feel like this is probably the best film that I have seen that um that has really expanded on Cap's character. I don't think that any other appearance he's had has really done the amount of work that the Winter Soldier has done for him because right out the gate in my one marvelous scene, I talked about really loving um, that opening scene on the Lumerian Star where he just decks the shit out of everybody. And I remember in the theater, I was sitting there like, whoa, what am I watching? This is not the Cap I thought I knew. And that's and that I feel like like having that initial reaction is exactly what Marcus and McFeely wanted. It's exactly what the Russos wanted because this is the world that Cap is in is not the one that he knows or it's not the one that he thinks he knows. And so instilling that in us immediately and then like continuing to expand upon it and develop on it is what I think this movie accomplishes super, super well. Um, and I think that by the end of this movie, we get to a point with Cap where he's kind of 
um, ready to take on the world with his newfound, I guess, pseudo appreciation for, um, but understanding of how, yeah, how the world, how the world works. It just started raining. So I'm like really confused because one side of the sky was blue and now it's raining. Okay. So as we end the as we end the winter soldier we are seeing cap kind of getting ready to progress um with his sort of newfound family made with uh sam and natasha and is kind of in ready to accept the fact that the world is anew however when we get into age of ultron even though the movie came out after Winter Soldier, I noticed very few connections and could really even barely tell that there had been any changes made to Cap as a character or even any growth detected. Yes. In do you Age of both Ultron, agree? Yes. yes. And, yes. and or do you remember only, this movie better than I do? Because I barely remember it. The significant difference in Age of Ultron is the argument between Tony and Cap, but they've always had arguments like that. But mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of the stuff that you... Like, I don't see the... Like, you see it better in, in, in Infinity War, Civil War, and Endgame more of his character than than Age of Ultron. I think Age of Ultron is a continuation of its character from The Avengers, but it's not a con- but it completely skips over what happens in The Winter Soldier. Yeah, Age of Ultron doesn't care about Cap at all. It's really about other characters, like mainly like Tony and Hulk and Natasha and stuff. Um, again, I, I don't remember the movie that well. He's just kind of like, leader and again he's like he's more of like a goof in this character in this movie I mean uh, just kind of he's there to be the good guy and that's about it yeah there was uh, there was definitely a lot of uh, language which was like really lame probably the lamest thing that I'd ever heard. And when I was, when I really started becoming super duper irritated with Joss Whedon as a, um, as a writer, and I didn't understand why. Age of Ultron has butts, especially to our boy Cap. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the best way to summarize um, Age of Ultron. Shall we move on? The only thing that has any semblance of importance in it is the, is the argument between Cap and Tony. But that's really nothing. That's like a nothing comment. Com- comment. Right. Yeah. It's almost as if the Winter Soldier never happened. It's almost as if the first Avenger never happened. It's yeah. really kind of as though only the Avengers happened and then time elapsed. And I feel like I think the same could be said for most of the other characters as well. But there is very little going on um, that proves that anyone had a second movie in between. Yeah. It's almost like they know the Avengers movies make more money than the other one, and they knew that some people would only have seen the first one. Marketable right. to just that audience. Ah. 
Ah. Also, <laughs> love bad and Joss Whedon sucks. Sucks. Um. With that said, I think team, we're ready to transition into dun dun dun. Civil big boy. War. The big boy. This is the movie where we have Cap and Tony creating their own teams. Can we make are... sure we're gonna we're gonna make it we're gonna say it for the bajillion time? This is not Avengers two point five. I hate all the people that say that. Mm-hmm. Y'all are dumb. Y'all don't understand <laughs> character development. Y'all don't understand <laughs> anything. Y'all suck. You just like if you say that, you just like big action sequences. You don't understand <laughs> character. I would agree. I too am quite think, frustrated with think, the Avengers two point five. I think 2. most say that because of the extent of the characters. Yeah, I mean the personalization of an individual story. Yeah, I I would agree that that is probably the reason why people tend to say that. Uh, the fact that a lot of people got screen time and that Cap didn't get the most screen time in his own movie, yada yada, which I get. Yeah. Wait, who had the most screen time? Probably Tony. Yeah, because he gets paid. trillion dollars i think he had i mean he i mean it's not like it's not like cap had the least screen time but he didn't have the most out of everyone else interesting yeah it's probably close though yeah um but regardless civil war tends to be a point of contention for uh a lot of people one because of the idea that maybe it's not even really a captain america movie sorry but it is um, and two, because it forces the audience to really put, like, to really put these two sides of Cap at odds with each other, even though those two sides of Cap are more so represented by Cap himself as the physical body and Tony himself as the physical body. I would agree. I would. I would like to say that although Cap is has the feels the way he feels. Um, and stands where he stands, I think that he kind of, he understands and is very good at understanding where Tony is coming from, but has his reasons, and I believe that there are very strong reasons, for not signing the Accords and wanting to take matters into his own hands. Also, I just looked it up. Cap does have the most screen time, but just by one minute does he beat Tony. Okay. Great. Good. That makes sense. So it's a Captain America movie, and you're wrong if you say otherwise. The beginning of Civil War. Where do we find Cap? We find him doing him, I think. Being a leader, you know, being a leader, being at the head of the team, you know, that's what he's always been, what he's always wanted to do and stuff. Yeah. No, I don't think they're in Nigeria. uh, Are they in Nigeria? Yes. Yes, Lagos. Yeah, they're in Lagos. Mm Mm-hmm. The largest city in Lagos. In Nigeria. I said it right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Just for the Are record, I know city? that the fake news lady on in the thing in the movie says Lagos, but for the record for all of Yin's out there, it is indeed Lagos. Okay, like more than one Lego. But with an A. Awesome. Lego. Legos. Legos. Exactly. Okay, so Cap here is spearheading this team, and he is doing an absolutely amazing job, if I may say so. 
He is, as Anthony said, doing what he's always wanted to do and what he does best. And however, he is thrown by the curveball that is Wanda Maximoff, who has literally thrown crossbones into a building um, and killed a lot of people. And so this is when we start to see Cap being more of a dad, you know, trying to tell Wanda that she has nothing to be to blame herself for. She shouldn't feel as guilty as she does because, you know, the power that she has is is what she has. She just has to learn to control it. And yeah. she can't tro- control other people's fears. And I think that's an imp- this is an important scene with kind of like how Cap is trying to be a leader and trying to show how, I mean, it's just another facet of his character. And I think that's why this is a, as we said before, a Captain America movie. It's about how the other characters are affected by Cap. Cap is the, uh, I can't think of the word, the driving force. There it is. The driving force of this movie. Indeed. Yeah, this is, this is, like where Cap's arc is going to, it's like the ultimate. How does Cap feel about the government and people, which has always been what his thing is? Um, always, trying to figure, yeah, it's it's figure systems. out his yeah, as I was saying. And um, and now he finally he has his friends and stuff, and he has to work with them or against them. Uh, it's the big one. It's the most one (laughs) by the time we get to where would we say the second act of this film is when their airport airport fight scene yes that's the end that's the end of the second act entering the third right i would say the entering the third act is like is when um natasha decides to let them go yes that's like them Mm -hmm. literally taking off into act three like end of first act is like Black Panther fight. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what a fight. Um, so by this point, by act two, um one half of I guess. Wait, wait no, like, no, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? You gotta talk about the, the, the oh. Sharon Carter scene and the quote and how that affects the Sharon his, the Sharon his, Carter his, scene. How it affects his ideology. The the plant like what, a tree. What him getting his stuff back or no, what? The plant like a tree, you move. So the, the oh the oh oh the quote, the quote that Chris mentioned in our intro. Yes, the one <laughs> that, yes, that's why I said Sharon Carter. Gotcha. Like the it, funeral scene, basically. Yeah. So you're saying the funeral scene is what now? So like, you know, you know, you you see. I mean, I'm kind of rehashing what Chris talked about earlier, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like you you have your two supporting characters that really, truly have been surrounding uh, uh, Steve throughout all these movies. You have your you have your Bucky and you have your Peggy and Peggy passes away. And it's kind of this last semblance of love and hope that he's ever had. And Bucky's the last thing out there that he has left. And he's trying to save him from the systems that he has always I wouldn't say as always, but how how he has begun to kind of uh, revolt against, and you know, at at uh, Peggy's funeral, Sharon says that quote, uh, you know, plant like yourself, plant yourself like a tree, and then ha- say, you know, you move, 
uh, type of thing where it's kind of like, you know, being steadfast in your morals, regardless of how society dictates how you work. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, uh, now I'm going to kind of go into the, 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 the tangential stuff. Perfect. The rest Take of, it away. The, the third act of the movie is, is very much of a, of a personal, personal event, not more of a, a fight between morals. Um, I mean, it's similar to what happens in, like, I, the ending of Civil War and the ending of Winter Soldier are similar in the sense of one is the destruction of, they're, they're both destructions. One is the destruction of the, of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the other is the destruction of semi the Avengers in kind of the two major cohesive pieces of it fight each other. And that's and you know that's because of what you know a lot of it is because of bucky and a lot of it is because of uh you know uh steve's beliefs in these systems um but uh you know people always talk about oh cap is a libertarian and stuff and i and i don't really see him as being kind of our standard understanding of what a libertarian is um i kind of see him as you know he is upset at various systems that want to control him and want to control the lifestyles of people without giving, you know, choice or opinion to uh, those around him. And I think that's, you know, you can, there's, there's multiple different types of libertarian, you know, there's, you know, your, your left libertarian, which is a very weird saying for a lot of people because the term libertarian in the United States is very much, uh, falls in line with, um, with, you know, people on the right, um, who are conservatively minded when it comes to economics, but you can be kind of a socialist libertarian. And that is kind of the most, the most common form of liber of, of socialist you'll actually see. You're not your, uh, rather than your, your tankies, you'll find your socialist libertarians as, um, people that are just very much of, you know, live your life the way you want to live your life. Um, a government and a system that works for everybody, because if we're going to contribute to that system, we might as well contribute to it where everyone is kind of victorious in a way and everyone can kind of live their own path. And no one is kind of dictated by, uh, you know, your your class structures or your um or other systems that try to keep us in place aye aye do you have any responses aye, to that captain America. do you guys have any do you guys have any responses to that <laughs> not really i was honestly just gonna let you take the reins on this one i i don't think that i know enough in order to uh i guess add to the conversation in a way that i would like to add to the conversation about um, Cap's politics, but I do believe that he is someone who will always do what is right above all else. And that goes back to the Winter Soldier conversation of him um, having these morals and those being kind of out of time because they're no longer followed. Yeah, I feel like sometimes Cap kind of defies uh, a political pl 
platform in a way. Like, he changes his beliefs so often just on what he believes that trying to figure out, like, one method, it's really, his driving force is always just what he thinks. Um, And I feel like so often, like, if I'm trying to imagine Captain America, like, voting in an election, I feel like he'd be a registered independent. Um, Like, he, he makes each decision in, like, an isolated way, but one that draws on his understanding of the world, where it's kind of hard to figure out, like, one single way that he interacts with everything, because I feel like at any given day he could change, uh, he could, if he could be against, like, certain types of systems, but if, and then see one that changes, uh, his mind, or he doesn't really change his mind ever, that's, that's wrong. He, he, he knows what his mind is thinking, and he'll occasionally see, like, oh, I need, the world's different, but he'll still always be, he, he'll still always have, like, what he already believed will be what he believes in. Yeah, I would agree. So, now that we have kind of had a chance to summarize uh, his growth in Civil War, how do we feel like that evolved in Infinity War? We know that he was on the run for a bit. His uh, first appearance in the movie is when he is uh, going and saving um, Wanda and, I was about to call him Jarvis, and Vision from being uh, attacked by Thanos' henchmen. So by this point, he's grown a full beard, his hair is longer, He's still wearing his stealth suit, but he is also very much not exactly the person that we that we left. He, I would, I would say he seemed kind of uh, familiar, and that he was talking in a way that was uh, very similar to the Cap in Winter Soldier and in Civil in Civil War, but still pretty uncharacteristic in a way. A little, as uh, Natasha says to Tony in Civil War, uncharacteristically non-hyperverbal, even though Cap isn't characteristically talkative. So how do we feel about how Cap is as a character in Infinity War? He, nothing happens. <laughs> uh-huh. As, to him as yeah, a character, I kind of echo that. Nothing, barely anyone. Like, okay, like, Thanos and Gamora and that kind of thing is like the only real thing in Infinity War that gets a real character arc and stuff. Cap is, I think they they knew that all the Cap stuff would be in the second one, so he really doesn't have anything to do in the first one. Um, I just find in Endgame, uh, that's where he really gets to shine and be a character and blah blah blah. And in the first one, the first one's really just like a long first act. Uh, Infinity War is just a long first act where Cap is just he's setting up like it's trying to reach a conclusion so he doesn't really have a lot to do to be a character his interactions with other characters is pretty limited like he like his whole driving force for a lot of these movies is Bucky and they see each other for like one second and it's like gotta fight the faceless army so he does, it's trying to, it's kind of hard to try to figure out 
his character development because he doesn't really get one. He's just he's there because he needs to be in the second one, in End Game. In the End Game. <laughs> uh, We're in the End Game now. <laughs> We're in the write better names. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like the rest of the names. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into it. I would agree that very little to nothing happens in Endgame uh, or in Infinity War, rather, for us to actually feel um, as though Cap has grown as a character. I mean, he doesn't really have he doesn't really have many lines, does he? No, he just has facial expressions. Yeah, he's just kind of like. Mm-hmm. And he sits with his arms crossed, and he's willing to do what needs to be done, as always. Yeah, I think he's, like, in the movie for, like, five minutes. I was actually looking at the uh, screen time breakdowns. Uh, Cap is in this movie. Not a lot. He is in this movie. (laughs) He's in this movie. I had the 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 time Oh, it went away. He is in this movie for seven minutes and fifteen seconds. Yes, yes, I wow. love it. I love it. That is, that is in, so little. He's in this movie the same as Spider-Man. He's in it less than Scarlet Witch and Vision. Um, yeah, interesting. That okay, sense. that makes sense. He's in it more than Rocket. Well, now that's, yeah. now that's weird, actually. You think so? Because yeah. of the because of the ship scene, yeah, yeah. These these numbers are rounded to the nearest fifteen se- uh, nearest fifteen seconds, but according to this, he's in it uh, roughly a minute more than Rocket, and Rocket arguably does have character development. In- so, hey, I think he just because screen time includes background, and he's in that fight for a while. I think, like in a or not really background, but he's. He's present for so much of the final fight. I think that might just push him over. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess because of all of that, I, I, I it's time to t- what? Do you have something? Yeah. The only thing I was going to add to that before transition was just that um, he is really kind of a supporting character for everyone else. Um, he's there when they need him, and he does his job. And I think that he's learning, or he has learned, I guess, um, that he he's kind of like learned when to step up and when it makes sense for him to do that. Um, and he's like not stepping on other people's toes because it, this movie kind of really isn't about him. Um, and so he doesn't really talk out of turn, which is nice. However, Endgame is, a, is, just, is just a different story. It's, it's yummy finally... adventure, and it finally and it and it does and it does a nice conclusion to everything. Yeah. Yep. And according to the screen time things, he is in this movie equally as much as Tony Stark for tied for good. First. So good. as it should be, as it should be. I wonder how you count screen time. Like, Stop is it watch. them talking or just? I think it's like and when the camera in, cuts to them i think it's the amount of time like they are in focus ah okay something like that 
It's like, like stand, are, so like not standings. So yeah, like the amount of time that they are at a focal point of the screen. I, there's probably a more specific definition, but I think that's how it is. So so good. Endgame. Let's, Endgame was good. Let's, Endgame let's talk about was. Uh, let's talk about, like, you want to talk about? Let's talk about Cap. So, you know, you know, we deal with, you know, 23 days since the end. The snapping. Since since the snapping. Tony is found, comes back, yells at Cap in a really, really interesting, like, in a really, you know, good scene of, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s acting. Um, (laughs) I thought that was like, wow, this is a really, really good scene. and uh, I don't know. I feel like Cap's kind of just like in shock that he can't even respond appropriately to it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, would you, you remind know, the audience what was said? No, I don't remember what was said. Great, because I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this when just, he goes to like, see him at the cabin? No, no, I'm talking about like in the first, like the second scene no, of the what? movie, back on Earth. Uh, yeah, I think that was a uh, uh, yeah. Which one's that? And, that yeah. when, as soon as it's Tony, it's been a while back, since I've seen it. As soon as Tony, I literally saw it le- yesterday. So, oh, okay, yeah. When, as when, soon they're, when they're in like the the compound, right before, right before they leave to go kill Thanos. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. I don't really remember what the fight was. Yeah, they were just fighting with each other. Um, and well, I mean, Tony was more yelling at Cap about like, you know, like you could have been there, you know. Mm. Like, you know, you were wrong. You know, I wanted to protect us and we failed and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it, I don't know. It just felt like, you know, maybe he was right. And I think Tony, I think that's when it kind of starts to click for, you know, for Cap, like after this one final go, sacrifice. He's yeah. no longer what he needs to do. I think it's. I think sacrifice is over. He needs to be selfish for once. Mm-hmm. And once he drops off all the stones, at the end of the movie, he's selfish. Um, but what kind of like you know we see parts of that throughout the movie. Um, you know, after the five year jump, um, he's kind of just in a daze and he can't really move on from the like his loss because. You know, no one can really move on from that. And uh, can't move on, goes back in time, rekindles with Tony. Um, you know, and I think a really I think a really important part of this movie is the the nineteen seventy scene where Tony and, and and Steve go back, they they both have different experiences. Um Tony's uh Tony interacts with his father and learns like you know learns about what his like gets one final goodbye to his dad um but also understands a little bit more of what it means to sacrifice you know he uh, what is it Howard says a line about like I do anything for for my child type of thing mm-hmm. and and I think that that kind of triggers something it's like holy shit I need to I need to do that sacrifice where um, and you see Tony throughout all the. I mean, we'll get into it when we do our evolution of Iron Man um, about how Tony throughout all these movies is kind of like selfish, 
um, kind of like never stopping, you know, says he will stop, but won't stop. And this is kind of his last final thing. And the only way to kind of do that is uh, ending, ending his life so that he actually will stop um, in a, by a form of self-sacrifice. Um, whereas with Cap, you kind of see all these sacrifices, um, you know, sacrificing everything. And this movie is the major sacrifice, the one big thing that they have to go back and, and change it all. And then mm-hmm. once, once it is done, once it is complete, he gets that, he gets that chance to kind of be selfish for once. And he's just like, I don't care that all my other friends are kind of, you know, in the present. I want to, I want to be with the person that I love. And you see that back in the seventies when he sees Peggy, um, well, after it's been 20 plus years, um, what? Well, Cause he arrives in 2012, uh, 2024. Yeah. So it's about like 15 years since he's seen Peggy, mm-hmm. um, like alive and well. And, and he kind of was like, I, I wish I can come back and see this and like be here forever. Um, and he's able to get that chance um, at the end of the movie. Um, so I, I mentioned this before we started, but there's a there's a dialectic between Tony and Cap throughout the entire MCU, where you see this switch from you know Tony always being selfish and Cap always being selfless, but in their final acts as characters in the MCU, they have the final switch where Cap is selfish and Tony is selfless. Mm. And yeah, and I think Indeed. you know with the original Cap trilogy, um it it's about a character encompass uh dealing with morals in the modern world and like the first movie is about exploring those morals and then dealing with those morals in the modern world and then being steadfast in your morals. But also destroying the things that you care about for either your morals or a greater good. And then realizing that, you know, you as an individual has sacrificed so much that you need to be able to live on your own. And I think that's a lot of the, a lot of what this movie has. You have that with Thor as well. You have that with Hulk. You have that with Hawkeye. You have that with, um, with Nat at the end of all of this, they all kind of, do the things that they were kind of meant to do, you know, um, you know, they just want to live on their own. They don't have a goal. They don't have, they don't have, you know, something that they're supposed to be. They're just something that they want to do. And they all have actions, well said. Di- not dictated by others, dictated right. on their, on, by their self, by themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's the importance of all of this, you know, of of like seeing, you know, Cap is a, a major part of that, of you know, and you know, I mean, uh, what was it when I brought up Thor? I think you know that final scene with Thor kind of being like, I've always been, I've always have supposed to, have always been supposed to be the king, but I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do anymore, and. You know, Cap has always been the one to sacrifice 
but I don't think that's the thing he's supposed to do anything anymore. He's supposed to be selfish. All right, now I'm done. I have little to nothing to add to that. I think that that was a really great summary of of everything that I feel Cap goes through in Endgame and kind of like summarizes his growth across the entire MCU. Interesting when you think about it, considering Cap's character has always been like the man out of time. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes back, he kind of, he gets to live the time he lost. Um, which I think is like such a nice end to his character. Like it's kind of, it's been usually his greatest obstacle is that he's on a certain level, he's unable to truly connect to like the modern world and he kind of gets to, gets to grow up, um, have a life where, where he ends at a place of understanding, um, which I think is like one of like the better, like one of the only ways that, a time travel story can really have like a nice resolution which mm-hmm. is he kind of gets to do time travel twice in a way uh and they like counteract each other and that he finally gets to understand the world that he was living in uh like everyone else does um which i think is very sweet for him yeah all righty gang well this has been a really great conversation about the evolution of the one and only Captain America, I'm going to miss him a lot. Um, I really enjoyed what Chris Evans did with him and what the writers have done with him, especially in um, especially in Winter Soldier and what an Endgame. That's it. That's what it's called, the Endgame. Now, so now that these movies are over, I know. <laughs> now that these movies are over, we are able to eulogize cap in a really lovely way and so from all of us here at ap marvel cap we salute you and although as our fearless leader chris compendio said the u.s has done some really horrible things um and continues to do some really egregious things every single day every single day Every, Every single day. day from the for like ever for like a very, it, it just, forever forever no matter who's president it's always been bad. So you thank know. you so much. Thank you. I was literally going to say that. It, y'all need to know that. Y'all need to really know that that whoever you know you know, and you know all you neolibs out there you know it's you know Obama was bombing drone bombing people and and deporting people deporting a shit ton of people and. What happened to Flint? Nah, nothing. Uh, what happened to yeah. all the, you know, all of the, you know, Black Lives Matter started during Obama, and you know, it, when did all what did the police shooting shop shooting stop? Nah, nah. So, uh, America, you know, you got you, got, you, you, you fuck. You got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of a work. Lot. To do. A lot of work to do. And this is a these are systemic problems. And the faster that people understand that they're systemic and not individualistic, the faster we can get to a better society. So, Because as Anthony says, systems must be destroyed. Systems must be destroyed. (laughs) Full circle, baby. Full circle, baby. (laughs) In closing, Anthony, where can social media? You can find me at the Pizza Taco. Uh, where I rant about these things constantly. And I follow people that rant about these things constantly, and I retweet from these people. 
who want to. And Layla, what it. about you? Where can the persons that are listening to this dear podcast find you on the internet? Um, listeners can be on the internet at, at Galaxy Layla, um, where I retweet jokes I thought were funny. And sometimes during live TV events, I will do one single tweet. And that is what I use Twitter for. Just, just a nice. one. Just a one tweet. Just a one. Just one tweet a day. That's yeah, all you yeah. need. That's I, hope, I hope y'all are going to be excited for our... I, I hope y'all are going to be excited to hear our, our Far From Home Hot Take pod. If you're a Patreon person, yes. Uh, yes. you got to hear Indeed. it a, a week early. A, not a week early, a few days early. Like four or five days. Six days. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we're going to be recording... Friday or Saturday, um, depending upon what's Something going like on, that. because we're going to be seeing it Tuesday and Wednesday. So we wanted to get this out on July 4th. So have a happy July 4th. Um, but remember, America's problems are systemic and all the systems must be and destroyed. Very, all the systems must be destroyed and we must if do it. You, if you I'm want to find baby. me, Sabrina, here on the internet, I'm on Instagram at sabrina.m4v, just like the video file. Or on Twitter, where I tweet very frequently and retweet very frequently. I am at Sabs Clark. That's at S-A-B-S-C-L-A-R-K-E. Make sure that you subscribe to AP Marvel here on wherever, whatever platform you use to listen to us. Whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Spotify. YouTube. Wherever, dude. Subscribe, do like us on Facebook. Like us. Uh, become a patron. Become a patron. Leave a review. Read our Leave medium review. blog. Leave us nice join... reviews on that on that juicy Apple Pod. Oh yeah, we really want to know how you all feel. We only have two review big reviews right now, and one of them is like when I was obnoxious, super obnoxious in the pod back in like last <laughs> July, and the other one's from a friend of mine. So we well, want tell like, us. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know. You, know. Great. you can also reach DM, out to us. You can on DM Twitter. us. You can you can join our Discord. Join our Discord. Come talk to us. Have fun. We're gonna have a yeah. Slide into our DMs and tell us how much you hate us. Yeah, sign into my DM. Tell <laughs> me how much you hate my politics. That's okay. I get that all the time. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. A special thank you to Charles for our sick graphics. Steve, Charles for Villanueva. You gotta say, say the last. You gotta say the last name. You gotta say the last name. Okay. Anthony, do you want to do it? Charles Villanueva and Stevie Steve. I don't know Steve's last Steve name. Molitor. Steve Molitor. Thanks, Steve yeah. Molitor, for the music. I'm putting their last name. This is crazy. Villanueva. Yeah. And Steve Molitor for music. Thank you again to all of our patrons. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and yeehaw. May I add that for your 4th of July uh, America thing, go see The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Woo-woo! Yes, Layla, I definitely did repost that on my Instagram in the middle of the cast. I had to because everyone needs to know. You gotta do it. All right. It's your American duty. It is my American duty. Yes. (laughs) Yeehaw, happy 4th, see y'all next time.